Sunday pour. It is Monday night, beginning of the week. We are on the eve of what some may call a holiday. Not, it's not for everybody. Uh, tomorrow is April 20th, you know, 4.20 to some. And uh, we decided to treat, you know, some of you out there with, uh, you know, one of the all-time, I guess you'd call it a stoner flick. Uh, and just talk a little Big Lebowski tonight. So um, I psyched myself out a little bit today. Uh, I left my notes at work. Uh, and then I realized five minutes before we started taping, I have all the ingredients in my house to make white Russian. I've been preparing for 20 years to talk about this movie. So <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem yet. No, no, I don't think. It, this is one of those movies, like I have it on right now. I haven't watched it in a long time like start to finish. Um, it's just, you kind of take it for granted because it's always going to pop up on Showtime or HBO or something. And you're, you know, you just catch it and you'll watch an hour of it or, you know, maybe you'll catch it at the beginning and maybe make it all the way through. It just always, it just always kind of finds its way to a TV set some, at some point. Um, and even the DVD, I had to go searching for it because I haven't probably, I mean, I haven't used it in who knows how long. It was on Netflix for a while, I, I think. So it's always been available. It's always been around. Now it's not sure anywhere, but uh, yeah, that was a problem. I wasn't able to really go back and watch it, so I was just going back today watching clips on YouTube. But I mean, I've seen the movie a million times. Yeah, it's always, uh, I mean, it's always on one way or another. A little odd that it wasn't. I expected it to be on like on the eve of four twenty. Yeah, you would think it's on it's on the Vice channel now. That's where it's like doing its run. So bad mm-hmm. job by bad job by Vice. I did see one of these networks was having some sort of stoner marathon. Uh, I don't know exactly what channel. It might have been Vice is basically a stoner channel. That's true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, this is. Um, I don't know. This is a Coen Brothers movie, so it makes it automatically separates it from most other stoner movies like, I don't know, Pineapple Express or How High or... Half-Baked. Half-Baked. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's got a little more of... Uh, I don't know, a little more char- layered. A little more layered. The characters in it are a little more uh, interesting than, you know, than, than most of these stoner movies. It's not, I mean, he's a stoner. It's like this stoner mystery L.A. noir movie. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it's separate from most stoner movies you're used to seeing. Because it's not like, even though he smokes all the time, he's constantly high. It's not, that's not like the reason that the movie exists. That's just what the character does. And then he goes on these, this little mission to retrieve his rug and uh, he get he just, he gets dragged into this world, into strange places, and uh, you know. Rem- you still haven't seen the Nice Guys, right, with Gosling and Russell Crowe? I, I have. I don't remember it though. I saw it a long oh, okay. time ago. Yeah, because that's I, I like the the modern day. And that, that movie may even be ten years old by now. I have no idea when it was made, but it was fairly. It was more recent than Lebowski. Sure, sure. That's like the more modern day movie I would compare to Lebowski. Wow. Kind of a stoner flick with a little bit of a, uh, I don't know if I want to say brain behind it, but I get a little more brains than like the movies we just mentioned, Half-Baked and the Cheech and Chong movies. The only movie I could, I could really think about to compare it to is that one with Joaquin Phoenix. 
Uh, oh, I, that, that's it's, too out there. It's way out there. Yeah, but it's like the same kind of thing. Like it's very, it's like a very hazy mystery. That one is like way more confusing. Even this one is a little bit confusing because, I mean, it's simple the plot, but I mean, there's a it goes in a lot of directions. Like you have the nihilists and you have, um, like Wu and the blonde guy, and you have Maud Lebowski, <laughs> and then Jesus shows up out of nowhere, and it's you know there's Quintana. yeah, so there's uh there's a lot that creep can roll. Yes, <laughs> yes, sir. He can uh, – it takes you in a lot of different directions, and it's kind of like – like one of the cool parts about this movie is how it kind of puts you in a position where you almost feel like the dude, where I feel like he goes to the movie, you know, you know he's baked, and and you kind of wonder <laughs> how how alert is he through all of this. Like He's just really getting by the skin of his nuts. Yeah. But, he, you know, he's no, he has no right being in this – situation there's no right taking like the job that he's given after the whole rug situation and he just kind of goes down the toilet of this whole thing and he kind of the, the, just the story kind of takes him away he's, he's along for the ride and you as the viewer are doing the same and you're not really sure what's going on exactly and they just call that thing a marmot and it's like what is going on it's like it's none of it makes any sense but it all makes enough sense to, to string you along for uh the length of the movie and you know it's a classic la movie i've never actually been to la but it's one of those movies where i i wish i had i was a little more familiar with la because it feels like it takes you down like the toilet that is los angeles (laughs) wow i'd expect you you to shit on la well it's like every city you know what i mean like obviously i would take new york over la without ever being i mean i've been like 20 minutes outside of la but there's okay. like the there's like the depths in you know like underground layers of every city. Like New York has it too. You know what I mean? Sure. I feel like that kind of you know like the whole part with uh, Jackie Treehorn and just shows you like the you know disgusting parts of like the, the city. You know what I mean? And how he gets sucked into all all this bullshit. And uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's a. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Been drinking white Russians ever since. <laughs> I don't know if there's any. I was thinking they, they did a, a lot for like that Bob Dylan song. It's in the beginning. Made that a very popular song. Did a big yes. thing for the big things for the for the white Russian. Everybody everybody loves calling it the Caucasian. Another Caucasian Gary. You know, it's like a big right. one of a. Um, I mean, there's so many overused lines in this movie. It's one of like the sins of the viewers. There's just it's, so. Yeah, I was gonna, I was just gonna say it's one of the most quotable movies you're ever gonna find, and one of the most overquoted movies. It's yeah, I mean, it's just I I, ha, I had notes prepared at work, and I just I started just it was just all quotes. I was like, I think I could just get through the podcast with just all quotes, and now like even not having them in front of me, I think I can get through it with all quotes because it's just it's just the most quoted movie, one of the most quoted of our generation, and pr- definitely. I don't know if it's necessarily the best, the best Coen movie, Coen Brothers movie, because that's very subjective. I mean, sure. how do you compare Big Lebowski to No Country? It's apples and oranges, those yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. But it's easily the most, uh, it's been the most influenced, like pop culture wise. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Lebowski Fest, it's crazy. I mean, just the, the, like the lasting effect that this movie has had on people. And 
like I, I don't remember, I mean, I was a kid, 98. I was 12 years old when this came out, so I didn't see it until I was a little bit older. Yeah. Is this one of those movies that kind of like, you know, not a box office bust, but, you know, it, it was released, people went to go see it, and then it kind of caught steam as like, you know, people, it was like this kind of like when DVDs caught on and, you know, college kids you know, pop in the DVD at two in the morning, kind of get stoned. Was it one of those movies that kind of caught on late? So the way I understand it is, so the movie they did before this was Fargo, which is an all-time movie just in general, right? That's, that, yeah. that could be the best Coen Brothers movie. It's probably, sure. but critically, probably the most beloved one by critics and all that kind of stuff, right? Won awards. Francis McDormand's great in it. Um, that was like their... William H. It's like the Coen brothers were a uh, like a baseball player. Like that was like their coming out season. Yeah, on right. the back of the baseball. That's when the, the black print. Right. That was yeah. It's <laughs> italic and in black. Right. Yeah. Um, and so people were kind of expecting another kind of Oscar run, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they came out with this, and I was like, "What the fuck did the Coens do?" <laughs> yeah. Dealing with this, you know. Um, so I guess it was, I don't know if it was a bust of box office. I just think it was kind of like maybe originally like a little bit of a letdown for people who didn't appreciate what they saw. I didn't see it either until I, I was in college. So probably not until 2001, 2002, around there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even I remember could, the, I don't remember the first time I saw it. Neither do I. Uh, it's, but it's, it's been on my top five favorite movies ever since i mean it's just one of those movies that it's whether it's i mean it resonates because everybody loves a dude brit jeff bridges is amazing uh everybody loves john goodman you get, yeah, yeah i mean everybody, everybody you have buscemi who is i mean the guy can do anything on screen somehow it's amazing the 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 range that the guy finds like he, he's like the bumbling idiot of the group here, you know, and he also played, he also played like Nucky Thompson. <laughs> he was the leader of, you know, Atla- he was Atlantic City, uh, like the boss of Atlantic City, basically. Right. Well, just look at the movie, look at his character in Fargo, like all-time scumbag criminal. Yeah, like, ex- exactly, yeah. So night and day between that and this character. He's fucking Gumby. He just turned it to anything. He's, he's, he's amazing. Um, yep. And then it's like the quotes, and then it's like the weed, and then it's like the, and then it's like, just the the bowling stuff, and then it's oh, and then it's Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman putting out one of the best performances you'll ever see, and mm-hmm. like in, in like a strange supporting role. Um, there's just so much great about this movie that you you could come back to it time and again, and you know there's uh, you'll always enjoy it. Like there's always, it's always going to resonate for one thing or the other, if not everything. But I don't, well, I don't know I don't know what it did more favors for than the White Russian. Because <laughs> I think I think that's yeah. the one thing that's the one thing that you know I don't think people really drank White Russians as as uh, openly before it before this came out. Now it's like you know you you order one and you know you know the guy is doing the dude thing. <laughs> right, he's seen Lebowski at at least he's seen it one time at least once. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if uh, it's a kind of one of those chicken or the egg things. I'm sure I didn't have a white Russian until after Lebowski, if I had a guess, until after I saw it. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I kind of remember that I won a little white Russian kick because you're like, oh, yeah, he's drinking them all the day. I'm 
22 years old and I need a reason. I don't need a reason to drink in the middle of the day, but I need to, I need to kind of mix it up a little bit. So let's go white Russian. So it's a great. It's the, it's the perfect breakfast on like a Sunday morning. Yeah. It's nice. Really. Nice. It's a, I mean, it's a milkshake. It's, it's dessert. <laughs> it's, that's really, that's really all it is. It's, it's chocolate milk for adults. Yeah. I like it. And it's I like delicious. It. Yeah. I said I was going to have one tonight, but I'm already, like, working through this one, so there's going to be another one made, probably. <laughs> oh, good. When you make it, you can, you can walk us through your process. You could do a little uh... – Okay, I was going to do – well, when I make another one, I'll walk you through the process because yeah. I do have a process. Give us a little, give us a little uh, emerald, emerald Agassi when you, when you bang it out there. Perfect. Um, so I wanted to go back to Bridges. Bridges – did you know Bridges was in the – well, not – I shouldn't say the original because the movie was made a hundred times. And we talked about it last show. But he was in the, the Jessica Lange, King Kong. He, went, he was opposite her. Oh, I didn't realize that. I've never seen it, but when I was reading up on, like, his Wikipedia, mm-hmm. I saw that he was in that. So Bridges, to me – I mean, this has to be his most iconic role. And this is a guy who's been around forever. Yeah, I mean, he was a working actor for years. It's kind of funny how he became the dude yeah. after this came out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, but now it's like it's – and he embraced it. You love to see a guy who embraces his iconic role and just kind of – I don't know if he has to go – I don't know if he had to go as far as how, how he's taking it, but just, just – I think it would just be cool if he, would, if he had no problem answering to the dude. Like if people were like, hey, it's the dude. And he was like, you know, hey, what's up, bro? But yeah. he, he has embraced it completely. And I always – I don't know if this is right or not, but, like, in his other roles, you know, kind of before and after the Bowski, he's always kind of played, like, the straight guy, right? Like, very, like, straight-laced. Like this, is his, this was his, one of his only roles where he was kind of – and he plays this role kind of straight, too. Like, he's not like – it's not like slapstick comedy or anything. But he kind of plays uh, – this is like kind of his only real, like, comedy. I feel like he played mostly, uh, you know, like, dramas. Like, you ever, see, um, you ever see Arlington Road, which actually came out the same year? Tim Robbins? No, I have not. He plays the good guy in that, and Tim Robbins is the bad guy. But anyways, like, completely couldn't be more opposite of the dude. You know what I mean? And I always portrayed it – and he was in um, – White Squall, which I may have seen like early on, it's one of those like early '90s movies where he's a I don't know, ship captain. So, so there's really like he kind of it kind of came out of nowhere this performance. Like if you would like if you were just reading this script or if I gave you a uh, synopsis of what this movie was about and who this character was going into 1998, I don't know if you would have picked Jeff Bridges if I gave you you know. 25 guesses to who was going to play this role. But he, I mean, he, he plays it and he just crushes it. You couldn't picture anyone else doing I know it's cliche and you say it all the time, but you couldn't picture anyone else being the dude. No, he is the dude. He absolutely is the dude. And uh, yeah, that's, it is, it is overdone, but uh, you couldn't picture, you wouldn't want anybody else to be him. I mean, this is, this was the role that he was like born to play. But you're right though. Before, like, I'm looking like his Wikipedia, like his IMDb, and it's like Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, which is like a Western. Yeah. Um, Tron, which is you know sci-fi action type thing. He was in uh, the Fisher King, which I haven't seen yet. That was uh, Robin Williams. Mm. 
I think Robin Williams plays a homeless guy. They might both play homeless. Yeah, I right. never saw yeah. that. Movie. Yep, the Fisher um, King. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was it was just out of nowhere that he he like any he, and he obviously crushes it. Um, and since like, what has he really done since then? Like, I'm not even. Oh, he did uh, the West Helen Helen High Water. He did. Uh, he was like a Western singer in, in what was it? I forget the name of that movie. Crazy Horse. Um, I mean, he's done a bunch. It's been 23 years, right? Oh, I know he's still working. Yeah, he's still working. He's <laughs> well, a Buddhist, he, by the way. Good uh, bridges. Of course he is. Um, yeah, Michael Imperioli also. I've been listening to that podcast. Also a Buddhist. We're right. catching on Buddhism for the past couple centuries. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just saying. Maybe maybe when I get older, I'm gonna latch on the Buddhism. That's all I'm saying. It's like pretty good company to be in. So you're going from the you're going from a two three years ago you're talking about being the angry old man now you're gonna be the old man who's at peace, and uh, probably too much peace yeah probably too much I don't know if I can handle being that uh, calm and collected all the time. On the surface I am, but like internally, like you actually have to believe it in order to be a Buddhist. <laughs> Can't just fake it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You, you you might you might put on the uh, the mask of a Buddhist, but deep down, yeah, deep down there's shit eating at me all the time. There's raging, raging anger. <laughs> yeah, too much. Um, I, I I'm trying to find out who who else was considered for the dude. There was one that I saw for the actual Big Lebowski that. I would have signed up for in a heartbeat just to see what a disaster would have been. Uh, so the the guy's name, oh shit, the guy's name who plays the Big Lebowski is David Huddleston. You're Again, talking about uh, the, the actual the Jeffrey actual, Lebowski, right? Yeah, the rich, mil- the millionaire Jeffrey Lebowski, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, I'm, I'm a sure. Lebowski. You're a Lebowski. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> See, over fucking overquoted movie. So um, I, I'm not sure that he was actually offered offered it, or if he was considered for, or if he was just like considered, or was like their wish list guy. But they were. I think they really wanted Marlon Brando to pe- play the Big Lebowski. Now, are you talking about the dude or Jeffrey Lebowski? To play the big, no, the big Lebowski is the big Lebowski. Is the, oh, okay. Is the Jeffrey Lebowski. He's oh, Jeffrey yeah. Lebowski. I'm the dude, man. I don't know. I think Brando could have done it. That would have been. Oh, it would have been, it would have been amazing because he, he just, I feel like at that point in his life and a career, he was just such full of anger and he would just be this pissed off, you know. He would have, he would have overplayed it. Oh yeah, it'd have been amazing. Yeah, it would have been Marlon Brando just being Marlon Brando. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it would have been. I I would have signed up for that in a minute. I mean, the yeah. guy, the guy, the guy they got, Huddleston is uh, perfect. But I mean, oh yeah, I mean he's. Uh, I mean, he pulls in one of the best, uh, one of the best performances ever in a very sunny Christmas. <laughs> Playing Frank Reynolds' old business partner. Yeah, that's true. I can't think of him in anything else, but whenever I see him, I mean, obviously Lebowski's what you think of first, but 
other than that, I always think of uh, oh, what's his name in that? <laughs> Eugene Hamilton, his old business partner, of course, who ends up screwing them off the end. Yeah. Uh, so, and then obviously we got Goodman, Walter Sobchak. Now he was a Coen Brothers favorite. Goodman. Yes. Is Barton Fink, which I actually saw recently. That's a real out there movie. <laughs> Totoro is right. also in that. Um, That's like their writer's block movie, right? I have not, I've, yeah. I've, I started watching it, um, and I just, you know, sometimes put the movie on at the wrong time. You don't make it through. It, yeah. Barton mm-hmm. Fink is one of those movies. Um, I'm sure, like, I didn't dislike it. I don't know how much of a rewatchable quality it has to it, but it's one of those movies that's very layered and a lot of underlying themes and messages and like it takes place during world war two. And it's just, it's, it's very, it's very out there. I liked it though, but it was one of those movies like, you're like, what the fuck? I got to go like read about up on this movie now. <laughs> it's, it's probably, probably worth watching uh, again. Um, but yeah, so Goodman's obviously been in uh, Coen brothers movies before this. Yep. He, um, like the only, the only thing I knew Goodman from before this, before I'd seen Lebowski, was obviously Roseanne, which, I mean, he, say what you want about Roseanne, Goodman, I mean, he's incredible on Roseanne. Sure. The old yeah. school Roseanne. Mm-hmm. And um, what I also remembered him from was, I don't know if you've seen, like, the original, I think he's only in the first one, but the original Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, I don't remember. All right. Oh, uh, <laughs> he plays. He plays the. Uh, he plays like the the. I don't know if it's a football team. Whoever they're they're feuding with the nerds, like the football team. He's okay. like their coach. Okay. All right. So he's like anti nerd. He's incredible in Revenge of the Nerds. Okay. He's so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's think- like the leader. He's the leader of the jocks. You know, what I mean, the coach. Him and Jefferson Darcy. I think outside of Roseanne, I think I only really knew him from the guys Babe Ruth and uh, and Arachnophobia. That was really it. Uh, Arachnophobia is one. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. And this is another movie where you didn't kind of. I guess Goodman had done. I mean, Goodman had done a lot more comedy than Bridges had. But I don't know if you're expecting John Goodman to pull out this performance either, though. I mean, he's just so good. Oh, he's he's just a, a hairline away from just snapping, right? He just it, all it takes is the littlest thing. He just goes off, flies off the handle, reels himself back in for like a second, and flies back off the handle again. He's in, he's it's an incredible, right? Linking point. everything to Nam. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 A little PTSD in there. It sounds like. Yeah. I just I you wonder how these three guys got hooked up. Like how they are, how they, how are they even friends? <laughs> He's just, how, how is I bowl? It's probably bowling. Just I'm a, it's all bowling. But they, they hang out though. Right. I mean, they go to in and out burger and stuff. No, but I'm saying that's probably how they met originally. Just, oh, and it's just kind of stems from there. That's like, the, that's one thing I remember hearing about, you know, you, you don't know the, the LA angles as well mm-hmm. as somebody from out there. But it's one thing I remember hearing about is like, I guess this is kind of uh, an LA thing where there's these people that just kind of wander jobless somehow, don't do anything. 
and that's basically all of these people in this movie. It's, I mean, the dude doesn't do anything. Walter is <laughs> probably on disability or something. Uh, Donnie, who knows? I mean, nobody showed up to his funeral. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Donnie. Just lives at the bowling alley. He's, yeah. a, by the way, a great bowler. Donnie, yeah. Oh, you only see him miss the one. You only, you only see him not put down one pin. Right, at the, the day he dies. The very end, yeah. Oh, tough way to go out. Now, let me ask you this. They're, they're on their way to the semis, right? The tournament they're playing in? <laughs> yeah, yep. Do you, do you think you think they rally around – first of all, do, do they have to get a replacement? That's number one. Number two, do you think they rally around his death or do you think Donnie was just – I mean, Donnie seems like he was probably the best bowler on the squad. It was, he was probably, you know, Walter's into it, right? You know, he's very serious about it, but you just had a feeling Donnie like lived and breathed that, that league. Yeah. He he very quietly went about his business, but you knew he went home, polished his shoes, polished his ball, kind of, you know, stretched out his arm. You know, know, you thought he woke up thinking about bowling, went to bed thinking about bowling. And, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if the dude's any Lead by example, guy. Lead by example, Donnie. I don't think lead isn't – he's not really much of a leader. <laughs> by example, though, do, is, do what I do. Prepare yeah, like I prepare. He is, he is a good example, though. He's a good example. <laughs> I'm not sure that Walter is ready to follow him. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I mean, they're going to the semis, right? That's a good squad. That's a good team. Um, yeah, it, those are probably the wrong two – guys to lead because they probably just don't give a shit dude definitely doesn't give a shit no, he he's does. just there to just have a few drink miller lights yeah mgd's a white russian and uh call it a day yeah go smoke in the parking lot and yeah so yeah dude play- is the guy dude is the type of guy who's like come on where where's dude it's his turn he's just like ripping a couple you know ripping the joint in the parking lot <laughs> he's a guy you gotta wait a few minutes for <laughs> yeah yep I was going to say he'd show up late, but that's Walter. Walter shows up 20 minutes late with the Pomeranian. Yeah, well, dude is not going to be late because where else is he going to be? True. Dude, dude, dude might be there just rolling a few games even before. Just yeah, getting just, loose. Just hanging out. I don't, maybe not rolling a few games, but he's definitely getting loose. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, dude, Donnie's the one who's there early bowling. Dude's at the bar. Yeah. Both preparing in their own ways. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's, it's the pregame ritual that uh, that got them all this all this way into the semis. Wait, and but I'm not sure if I'm not sure if this movie did this for me, but like I've always had a little bit of uh, I don't know if attachment's the right the right word, but um, that maybe attachment is the right word towards like bowling alleys. Like bowling alleys are definitely. Bowling alleys are a great place to you know it could be it could be midnight, it could be one a.m. Or it could just be middle of the day, man. You get lost in a bowling alley for a couple hours, roll a few, roll a few games, have a couple of drinks, man. It's just uh, mm. the uh, the 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 people you see at a bowling alley, man, are just one of a kind. I think the I think the, did you ever have a birthday party at a bowling alley or ever? Oh, of course, of okay. course. I think Both. that's probably I think that's probably where the initial. Uh, I don't know, not love or love or infatuation or just, I don't know, just appreciation for a bowling alley comes from. Because, you know, you, you go in there, there's pizza, there's chicken fingers, you're bowling, everybody's, you know, there's almost no rules at a bowling alley. Um, there's a there's faint, an arcade. There's an arcade, there's a faint smell of smoke in the air. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, vending young, machine. Oh yeah, vending machines and claw games and yeah. right, the endless possibilities at a bowling alley. And then you get older, and you you go there and you're drinking and the there's disco nights. Mm-hmm. Um, are they, yeah, that's just like the the black lights come out and shit. And you can you can see to your left like this there's a gang of guys like drunk all blackout drunk <laughs> in the bag you look to your right you can see a family of four bowling it's it is a crazy fucking dimension in a bowling alley and uh i'm just happy to see i'm always happy to see a bowling alley on on screen and this is yeah. one of the uh premier bowling alley movies i gotta say the one thing like if i was loaded right yeah and i see a lot of these rich people with just like the dumbest hobbies I mean, car collections and just wasting their money on dumb shit. Yep. I think the one thing I would do if I like hit Powerball is I would want a bowling alley, just twenty four seven, just in your house anytime you could bowl. Like that's the one. Like I would take that over, you know, a basketball court. Yeah, buy a bowling alley. I'd rather just have it in my house, man. How cool would it be to have people over your house and just bowl? Yeah, it's a pretty big house. How many two two lanes? Like in uh like in Kingpin, another good bowling alley movie. I thought you were gonna say like uh There Will Be Blood. <laughs> the two two definitely different types of movies. <laughs> yes. I think you gotta have two I think you gotta have two lanes. Then you could have like you have like eight guys over eight of you as you do four on four or something. Yeah. You gotta yeah, I think two lanes is fair. In in There Will Be Blood, did you have to re did you have to put your own pins up, or was that uh, automatic? Mm, it was. It was back in the day that movie. I mean, yeah. the actual setting of the movie, right? It was back in the yeah. day. You probably had to set it up yourself. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's. It probably cost a ton of money just to get that. Uh, just to get that. Uh, yeah, I guess you had to win Powerball to to get that whatever pin replacer in or whatever. I don't know what you would call it. But right, yeah, and like and a lot of like. You know, when you hit, when you have a lot of money like that, there's so many dumb things that people are into that I just wouldn't, even if I had unlimited funds, I wouldn't do. That's one of them where, like, I want my own bowling alley. That would be badass. I think, here, I gotta, I, I gotta take it, I gotta argue with you a little bit, take it a step further. I think I would buy, okay. I, think I'd, I think I'd want it to be like a vanity business, buy the bowling alley. I mm-hmm. don't know what kind of, I've seen like a side room at a bowling alley. I don't even remember what fucking bowling alley that was. That's Poughkeepsie's bowling alley. That's uh, side room. Yeah. Yeah. And just like have a side one for like you and your friends. And then, and then just have, have like the gigantic bowling alley because it's like a fucking cool business to have. And then you go, you know, you, you know, you go in the bar, you get whatever you want to drink at the bar. It's your place. You have, you have, I hire people, you're rich. So you hire people to run it. It doesn't matter if you make any money or not, if you're rich. Right, yeah, exactly. It's a vanity business. I think I'd like to own a, full, a whole bowling alley, and then that's your place to hang. Yeah, it is one of those. It should be recession-proof, a bowling alley. Like people should, you just said that kids and adults both, both are drawn yes. towards a bowling alley. Yeah, yeah. One of my, one of my fondest bowling alley memories is uh, I was driving back north from florida and it was me and this kid we had gone down with a bigger group somehow it just ended up being me and him on the way back he was like i know this girl in north carolina i want to you know do you mind if i stop and see her i was like no it's fine i dropped <laughs> him off at the girl's house 
and uh, I got a hotel room like that night. Wow, what a that's a serious. This guy's from North Carolina. He had a uh, yeah friend. No, yep. oh, yeah, all right. I took care of him. Yeah, I dropped him off. I'd let him do his thing, man. And then uh, no questions asked. You know, just happy to help out. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll, you know, I said, do your thing. You know, spend time with her, whatever you want to do, man. And you know, we'll meet around whatever lunchtime tomorrow or something. I hit the road again. In the morning, I went, a cup of coffee, headphones in. I just bowled a couple of games by myself in some random North Carolina bowling alley. Just by nice. myself on like some weekday morning. <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of those things. That you, that's another thing. It's like you had a lot of time on your hands, man. Oh, yeah. One of these people who had nowhere to be, like that'd be a nice pop-in. Like people oh. will go to the movie theater by themselves, like roll a couple games by yourself. That's nice. Yeah. If there was a uh, bowling alley right next to your job, I could you, you know once a week you could take a lunch at the bowling alley. To where it's cardio workout. I don't know if it's my, I don't know if it's cardio. But <laughs> <laughs> you go you go you go bowl. You have some chicken fingers and call it a lunch. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's living the dream right there. So they, they, yeah, and here we go. Now now I have my own dream. And then here's the other thing. If it's your own bowling alley, you could theme it however you want, and you just kind of, I guess it would just be pictures of bowling alley movies in bowling alley. So it would just be Big Lebowski, Kingpin, and There Will Be Blood. <laughs> That'd be it. There you go. Yeah. What other good bowling movies are there? Would you do like a Would you do like a uh, Would you do like a disco theme, or would you do like Disco Night? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You have to do Disco Night. There's no like you got to do like Friday, late night, Friday, Saturday night should be disco night every weekend. Fuck yeah. yeah absolutely. Nothing, nothing beats when uh, the fucking Bee Gees come on. And Bee Gees, I was going to say. <laughs> and, the, and the black light is going bananas. There's nothing better than that. And oh, yeah. You can roll like five more. You can roll ten more games. Oh, it's, yeah. It's you staying get, alive. You get amped up, yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. absolutely amped up. Yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, there you go. Now I got a new life. I got a new life goal because this because this episode. That's fucking great. Yeah, man. I mean, it's one of those things we took for granted a little bit. It's one of those things you do maybe once or twice a year. Then COVID hits, and you you, you know, bowling alleys kind of got sh- not shamed, but you know, not always the cleanest places. Bowling alleys, so take no. probably take a little bit of a hit with COVID. I'm ready to get back in there, man. Let me see. if There's any bowling alleys for sale in Connecticut. Maybe able to get a couple of cheap ones. Bowling eyes for sale in Connecticut. <laughs> Is there any like different like spin you might put on your bowling alley that you haven't seen? Like some something like everyone usually has an arcade, everyone has a bar, a little bit of a you know, concession stand. Like what uh, could you do to make yours stand out a little bit? I w- I'd, I'd be big with the movies. I'd be, I'd be big with the movies somehow. Not just these movies, but you know me, like I love movies. It'd always be, I don't know if it'd be like a screen. Like you gotta have the screens with the with like this, you know, just above the, uh, above the, uh, you know, the ball feed or whatever it is. Yeah, like, the ball feed. Yeah, and there's gotta be a game on one and the score on the other one. Something with movies, and either you have like a movie screen someplace where it's, like, there's this restaurant in Florida, and it was a Italian restaurant. There'd always be a gangster movie on, and mm-hmm. you'd, you'd always crank it up. Like, uh, I remember being in there one time, and it was the scene in Casino where they beat the shit out of Joe Pesci and his brother at the end. 
Yeah, yeah. Like he just he he put it up to eleven, man. And you're sitting there eating your fucking dinner, and you just hear like metal baseball bat unbone sound effects as you <laughs> as you're eating, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. What do you got? I don't know. I was I had I was thinking about it the whole time as you were answering. I couldn't think of anything. I don't. The thing with bowling eyes, I don't know if you need any gimmicks. I mean, no, always, you don't. Like the disco thing is cool. There's always league night, ladies' night, kids bowl free Saturday mornings, like shit like that. It's that kind of it's all built in. It's all built into the business model. It's perfect. It, it really is. A, it's perfect. You know what I mean? Like we said, like the kids during the day, adults at night. It's just it's something for everybody. And the arcade. I mean, the arcade is just such. And I'm, I was never a huge arcade guy. Girl, like I didn't really play. I was more of a video game guy, Sega, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But just having the option to go kill a few hours. And, like, the one where you grew up in Poughkeepsie, that's, like, a legitimate arcade. I don't know what it was like when you were growing up. I don't know if it was that. No, it wasn't. Fancy. Like, it, it, it expanded a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, my, mine growing up, it was just, like, a claw machine, a couple arcade games. The, like, dr- you know, the driving game was always in there, and that was really it. And my, mine has expanded a little bit, too. I think there might be an air hockey table in there now. Mm-hmm. Gotta have ear hockey. I would have to have ear hockey. That's a must, I think. Yeah, if you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna have a bowling alley, if you're gonna have any kind of business that has a bar, you need, you know, air hockey table is almost necessary. Ski ball. No, nah, I don't know if you need ski ball because ski ball, you're supposed to get like tickets for it and stuff. Well, I was just playing for high score. Pride, a little pride. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if people people do that. I don't know. People like ski ball that much. I thought it was all about the. I'm tick. not good. At, I'm not very good at ski ball, but I I don't mind rolling a few, rolling a few games of ski ball. Get the arm loose. I got, I got a, I um. I was I just googled bowling movies by the way, and it's I mean we basically nailed. It's kingpin about. I mean, there will be blood didn't come up, but I mean, <laughs> you know, the the end scene is pretty iconic. It's really those are the only really two: is Lebowski and Kingpin. I got a would you name? Alley. Would you would you name? Yeah, I think I might name my bowling alley Munson's. Oh, that's a good one. I yeah. respect. I like it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Guy good. gave his hand for the game. <laughs> you know, but it's also it's got a bad. You know, it's got a bad. You can't munson can't munson your business either. Does he get does he kind of redeem himself though with the performance at the end? I know he comes up short. Let's give him any sort of give him any sort of credit for the end, or he's just he lost. He lost to a great player. He lost. He did lose. <laughs> it was a it took a it took a great performance though. Three straight strikes. I've never been to <laughs> Big Earn is above the law. I've never been to one like the new, like the newfangled bowling alleys. I don't think. So I'm trying, like, we're trying to think of like innovations to do into in a bowling alley. I mean, where we, I mean, where I grew up, we don't really have like the the bowling alley I grew up going to did renovations, but it's still got like the the scummy charm to it, you know, that it always had. Like, what do you mean by new? Like the ones in the city were always, yeah. Like there's always big things happening there, but I never really. I don't know. I, I it was it's too many people. Like a, a, like a good bowling. I'm not saying a bowling alley should be empty, because uh, I mean the one I the, in the town I grew up in, it would get 
packed on a Friday night. Right, yeah. But I, I feel like, I don't know, there's a certain there's a certain quality of person that should be in a bowling alley, and, like, the city just never fit it. It's never too really much, fit that mold. It's to too me. much of an event at those places in the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, like you got it. You got a guy like the bone. Like when you grow up in a you know in a town and it has like a bone alley in it, you get a certain type of blue collar feel to it that the city yeah. ones don't get. Yeah, that old thin carpeting. You're right. It's too much of a fucking show in the city. Bone, yeah, Baltimore. That's the one. Baltimore. Yeah, you have the same woman that's been working there for thirty years. Baltimore Times Square. That seems just miserable i love too like trendy I, too like trendy trendy yeah like i love new york man but this is like some of this shit is like for the birds this is not i don't love new york for the fucking trendy bowling like i'm sure there's some does yeah. one some oh i have a new x there's one there's a nice oh, there's a nice well, one well, that's, that's brooklyn no, that's that's yeah that's, yeah hey, you're well outside of manhattan yes that. sir that's where you gotta go that's where you gotta go what was the name of that um Avenue X Bowling? I have no idea. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah. <laughs> Another one is uh, obviously rest in peace, Ballpark Lanes. That was a that was a classic one. Oh, right in the Bronx. Yeah. Only got to bowl there once, but phenomenal. Yeah, one and done. That was it. I I think the last time I was there, it could have been in the playoffs in two thousand nine. Uh, but just a great little pregame spot. See, that's the thing. That's that's the charm of a bowling alley. You don't even have to bowl. You can go kill a couple hours and have a great time. That was a special bowling alley, though. That was a bowling alley right next, right outside Yankee Stadium. <laughs> you know, you're gonna pregame there, no matter what. But I've been, to, I've been to a bowling alley, drank and not even rolled. Nice. That's, I mean, it's such charm, man. Such class. It is. It is like a dive. It's, it's almost. It's a built-in dive bar, right? You're not gonna have. Unless it's Baltimore, Baltimore in the city, it's not going to be this hip sort of uh, bar. It's going to be to me dive bar with a bowling alley backdrop. Yeah, it's a it's a Budweiser and Jim Beam uh, bar. Yeah, yeah see, it's like when you're at Vesuvio, right? You want to grab a table, you grab a table. You got a bowling alley. You're at the bar. You want to grab a lane. You grab a lane. Exactly. It's like a, it's like a five star dive bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, this is I'm looking at Baltimore in the city, and it's bowling. The hippest lanes that hit your zip code are here. Like, ah, uh, no, I don't. I don't want to bowl. Nah. I don't want to bowl at a hip place. No, it shouldn't be hip. Hip shouldn't be in the. That's a turnoff right there. Sports bar. I like the idea of a sports bar in there. Sports bar. Okay. But. Yeah, it's just it feels it feels like too much. Yeah, probably is. All right, we're, is we're gonna walk. I'm gonna walk you through the White Russian process. Oh, let's go! It's White Russian time here. It's yeah, like, I like I like how we just did a whole fucking tangent. Well, it was only I mean hard to talk about this movie without talking bowling alleys. And to be honest with you, this movie—it's you know everybody knows the story, but it's not like we can sit here and di- digest what goes on. This movie's not about the plot at all. <laughs> it's, there's, no, a lot, it's, there's a lot that happens, right? And you know he's uh, running around after the whole rug. It's like the one incident spurs the whole movie and takes him to all these unknown places. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's very like dialogue driven. It's just like they're talking about what's happening, and it just happens. It's it's not a whole big. Uh, it's not really a whole big plot attached to it. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you got to go ice first, obviously. How many? Uh, let's see how much ice you got there. Put a little bit too much in. Nice. That's that's the method. Put a little too much. No. Oh. That's just the mistake. You just fucked it up. All right. Fucked it up already. Great. And this is like a normal rocks glass. I'll go about halfway with the vodka. Okay. All right. A little Kirkland brand vodka. All right. Nice little. Uh, All right. Nice little, nice little ad for Kirkland. <laughs> and then you go. Uh, you go a little Kahlua. I would go like. Mm, I don't know how much that was, but you go a little Kahlua. <laughs> I'm not really great at describing exactly how much was in there, but a lot less Kahlua than vodka. Do you pour until, like, you know how it goes down and comes back up? The Kahlua? Yeah. Or are you just... No, and I don't really mix it either. I just do a little, like, twirl like this with the... Uh, like I, don't, I don't twirl it with a spoon or anything. So you're, that's not, you're, don't, do, don't do it like Lebowski does at all. He stirs it. Does he stir it? Yeah, he's a stir, not a twirler. All right, I didn't. I didn't realize that. And then I just go a splash, splash of milk, cream, light cream. So your method is load up on vodka, yeah. Put a hint of the other stuff in there, and then chug it. No, and then and then the kicker is you put a little, uh, you put a shooter on top, vodka shooter on top. Oh, okay. Because all the vodka, all the vodka is on the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you want to you remind yourself that it's an adult beverage. So I, I highly recommend. If, any, if, ever, if a place, if you're at a bar and a place ever rec, uh, suggests like a shooter on top, it's a ripoff because they're probably charging like $5 for it. Yeah. But I feel like that's their way of telling you that, oh, I got winded making a white rush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Out of practice. It's not you, football season. You need that uh, that lunchtime <laughs> cardio at a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, back in shape. Yeah, uh, no, the, the the like the extra money for a shooter is their way of saying like we're gonna short you on booze. You're gonna want to pay the extra seven dollars for like when I was in Maine, I was drinking these rum drinks. Got an extra shooter on top the whole day. You know, so that's why that's my thing. I put a little, especially because I like putting the booze on top. Okay. Because you don't want to – Let's see. Let's see I'm, the, I'm sorry. I like putting the booze on the bottom to start off the drink. Right. Because you, you don't want it too heavy on the booze. Okay. You, know, you don't want all the, the mixer at the bottom. Mm -hmm. But then I also want to put a little booze on top just to remind yourself. So, so it's like the best of both worlds. It's like a sandwich almost. It's like the alcohol is the bread. <laughs> hey, let me see. Let me, let me see. And you got to post that. Right, let me back my – Oh, this one's strong. Oh. You got you to post that on the Instagram. Say this is, you know, forever. You got to show the people what's going on here. The proof is in the pudding. Nice. Yeah, yeah, a little dark at the bottom there. Yep. It's a little dark at the bottom. Yep. Take a, take a shot of that. Put it out there, all right, for the crowd. Mid, uh, hang on. I haven't posted on Instagram. I, gotta, I need a refresher on how to do it. Let's see. Is, you click Instagram. <laughs> all right, let's see. Instagram. 
All right. You're figuring out, doing a great job. Technologi- uh, yeah. te- technologically savvy. Who, who else didn't we cover on? Oh, Buscemi. We didn't cover on him. We talked a little bit about Buscemi. About Buscemi. Uh, you know, we didn't touch on is Jackie Treehorn. Ben Gazzara just shows up out of nowhere and is this scuzzy. Hey, I mean, that's all That's all this movie is. It's like just an adventure through L.A. or whatever, the West Coast or whatever it is. I guess it's a, it can all considered L.A., right? It, 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 yeah, it, most of it, yeah. Santa Monica. Doesn't he end up in the Santa Monica Sheriff's Office? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when he goes to see Jack, Jackie Treehorn, he does the old, uh, like, Jackie, like, is jotting something down on a, on a pad. Yeah. And then he runs over and he, he goes over with a pencil to see, like, what he was writing. And it was, you know, this guy with, like, a big schlong, like a monkey with a big <laughs> schlong or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching North by Northwest recently for the first time. It's Hitchcock. That's Hitchcock. Uh, what's his face? Cary Grant. Grant. Yep. And he does that. Cary Grant does that. Eva Marie Saint, I answer name, is like the love interest femme fatale in the movie, whatever you want to, I'm not, I'm not sure how exactly she's classified. But she writes down an address on the pad. He like pretends to not really notice. When she leaves, he goes over and he, she goes over it with, uh, with a pencil to get the address that she's going to. So that was a, it was a callback. It was a tribute to North by Northwest. Yeah, I guess a lot of this movie is, is a tribute to certain types of movies like Bogart, Mystery, uh, I don't know, like just noir, like actual like detective noir movies, stuff like that. So I guess a lot of it is kind of inspired by uh, those older, I don't know, classics. But in its own, it, it's, it is definitely placed firmly in its own world. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, that's really a lot of vodka in there. I was showing off. I was showing off for the fans there. <laughs> I put way too much vodka in there. Oh well. Hey, another rule we have. Finish what you drink. Yeah, you pour finish, it. Finish what you pour. Pour it, you drink it. Yeah. Nobody said every Sunday pour was going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. You're doing all right. You're making pretty good progress over there. Hmm. Oh. Now, I've met people who didn't really lo- who didn't really like this movie, if you can believe it. Uh, men. Yes. Hmm. And it was, I could see, I could see women. It is, it is kind of a dude movie. No, no pun intended. Yeah, no, it is male driven, and as like cool as Maud is, and as cool as uh, what's her name is, um, Tara Reid. Yeah, we should mention her. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tara Reid. Yeah, this is like Tara. the beginning. And I mean, I don't. I wouldn't call this part of her run because, not that she's forgettable, but it's she has like a quick little, quick little couple scenes in here. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of like the beginning of Terry. She had a quick little, quick little run. Yeah, it kind of started here because American Pie is ninety nine. Yep, and this yep. is ninety eight. So, and you know, you're gonna if you grew up like when we did, you're always gonna be a little partial towards Terry. She had a nice, We're nice room. run. Always room for her. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, special place in the heart. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you're saying it's a definitely a, it's definitely a uh, it's a movie geared towards guys but, for sure. But, 
But it but the the reason for the dislike stemmed from the end of the movie. They didn't like how it ended because it doesn't really end. It ends. But well, what do you? It's there's. I mean, it's the big. What are you expecting? Like right, yeah. But I mean, I guess they, they I guess they expected more. Uh, expected something to like wrap it up a little bit more rather than just killing Donnie and calling it a day. That's on them, then. That's on them. Right, but I mean, that's the, right. But that's the whole point of the movie is not to have some neat and tidy wrapped up ending. It's, it's again, it's is it. This is more about the journey than the destination. Right. It's it's just a it's a hangout movie. Yeah. Right. Would you would you classify I, it that as? Uh, yeah, it's a hangout movie for sure. It's not. A, it's like a movie you could kind of plop into in the middle of you know what I mean like I mean if, whether you've seen it or not I feel like um, I think you had to see it from the beginning from the front. I don't think you want to jump into the middle you'd be fucking lost jump into the yeah middle. but it's not I mean it's not the godfather you know what I mean like it's just, it's just a feel good hangout movie I don't know if it's that feel good I mean it's funny and we love it and it's, and it's got a hysterical moments but again in the end the nicest guy in the movie, the most redeemable person in the movie, you know. Well, the Coen brothers are a little cynical. What could you say? It's, a, yeah, it's, not, it's not as dark as No Country or Fargo. Maybe I'm just, it's, it's lighthearted. Maybe I'm grading it on like a Coen brother curve. Are you, I think you're grading it after seeing it like a million times. And like, you know, you're happy to just pop in and, uh, you know, just roll a couple frames with the guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think I think if I think you would probably be so fucking lost if you popped into this movie uh, half an hour in or forty five minutes in that you would you'd want you just want to walk away from it. No, but would you'd be intrigued by it though? That's yeah. I'd say I gotta watch it. I could yeah. I'd stop. Like I gotta watch this in the beginning. I don't know what's going on here. But I gotta watch this in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's part of it. That's that's always. Uh, I mean, that, a bunch of movies I've kind of uh, done that with, where you just kind of find it fifteen minutes in, and you're like, "Oh, I'm intrigued by this." Watching this movie for the first time now has got to be tough. Like, unless you're a kid, like kind of stumbling upon it for the first time. But if you're an adult and you haven't seen The Big Lebowski yet, it's been hyped up so much to you. It's been that's... talked about so much. You probably know three or four of the lines already, anyway. It, it could work against you a little bit. It could absolutely work against you, yeah. Yeah. You go in with such high expectations, and you're like, well, I don't get it. Well, yeah. What was that? Yeah. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> Why is this guy always yelling? Yeah, you, you just go, you're going in. Well, yeah, I think there's a lot of movies. I wish I could think of one off the top of my head. Like movies that are, you know, this is a cult classic, obviously. This has a very, like, strong, firm fan base. Mm-hmm. attached to it mm-hmm. um, I wish I could think of one because there are movies like that where I've gone back and have gotten so much they've had so much hype around them and I've gone back and watched it and I've just been like okay good but it it, it could be there's a, there's a lot of movies out there that I, I don't know I don't want to sound like like an old guy thing to say but like you had to be there like you had to watch it from when around uh, when it came out. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's not just our generation. That's going back generations. I'm sure there's movies from the yeah. 70s, movies from the 60s where it doesn't resonate now because you weren't there in the 60s. It's probably why you haven't 
seen him, you know, since then. A lot of inside jokes that went in with the times, maybe. Like, this movie kind of touches on the stuff, like in the Desert Storm, the Iraq War, Bush at the beginning, that, like, an 18-year-old kid's not going to understand why that's funny. I think, well, you know what? In this movie, I think you could if you stuck with it because you see how he, like, it's not, that's not the only time he does that, <laughs> where he, he uses something he hears. He uses it, like, out of that context, trying to make himself sound like he knows what he's talking about. Like later that's on, just, I think that's just more. I, I think that's more of the Coen brothers being. Uh, I don't know if it's self-aware or like cynical, because like Chase used to do that with The Sopranos. Tony would hear something and then he'd pass it along as fact. That's kind of just like channeling the inner thoughts or just like the kind of like inner workings of the brain. Like we hear something, we learn something, and then we pass it off. Yeah. Five seconds later, as our own. With with The Sopranos, it was kind of. <laughs> It was Tony being not as smart as he thought he was. Yeah. And with Lebowski, it's just he's at a loss for words because he's fucking a burnout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it definitely has similar uh, aspect, similar um, trait of those two. Yeah. Because the Coen brothers work, if you've seen their work, it is very cynical. A lot of cynicism in there. No, every character is important. There's no like you know rainbows and unicorns character. They're all kind of pieces of shit. Yeah, <laughs> which is why we're drawn to them. It's just like it's real. It's very real life, even though it's out there. Yeah. I want, you know, I get. I guess the most redeeming character. Like, I haven't seen all their movies, but the redeem, most redeeming character in all their movies is probably Francis McDormand, <laughs> maybe Francis McDormand's husband in Fargo. Oh, that's that's a movie just <laughs> I just watched Fargo the other night too. It was on. <laughs> I mean Macy's great, but he's an all time scumbag. Oh I mean, yeah. You think Buscemi's a scumbag in that movie? Macy is like ten rungs above. His wife survived in that movie? Does she survive? I just watched the other night too. <laughs> uh I don't believe so, no. What's it? Denial is kind of just I know he like kind of knocks her out because she's mouthing off. Um, I don't think she survives. Yeah, Mace is pretty. I mean, his kid goes. I mean, he's an orphan now. The kid, dad's going to jail. Mom's dead. At worst, she's very traumatized. Yeah, grandfather's dead. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty dead. Dark movie. Yeah, it is a real dark movie. <laughs> and hopeful because at the end, it's uh, you're left with. Um, Frances McDormand, her husband, they're expecting, and you know, bringing a child into that world, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But with her as the mom and him as the dad, you think, okay, well, th- you know, maybe it's not all that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, here's one, right? We were talking that? about, we were talking about, uh, I don't forget which show it was the past couple of weeks. We were talking about like who the voice of God, new God, yeah, Sam Elliott. Is he an early uh, candidate? Mm. Or is he too Sam Elliott? It's just, do you need yeah, somebody? Well, yeah, we can say, about, we can say about all those guys. You can say about Morgan Friedman is too much. Right. I think Sam Elliott is, uh, huh. He's too something. He's got the authority to be. Right to, to be the voice of God. Got the deep, you know, the deep, deep voice. voice. The respect. I don't know if it's like a mustache. I got picture guy with a mustache. I don't know if he's like too much of. He's like almost too chill. 
He's almost. You don't too think sm- God's chill though? He's I think God's too, chill. He's almost. He's almost too smooth. Hmm. I mean, Morgan Freeman's pretty smooth. Yeah, I would. I would say. Did you take Sam Elliott or James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones. You don't think he's too Darth Vader though? When you hear that voice, no, 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 no. He's. I don't think. No, I. I think I think of uh, Terrence Mann when I think of James Earl Jones. Well, yeah, especially with that baseball commercial that just came out. Yeah, even still, though, it's you know. No, but in Darth Vader, it's all distorted and shit, and it's not even him. When like Darth Vader dies, it's not even him. Yeah, they should have left the helmet on. <laughs> kind of killed would, it a little bit. I, yeah, I would take James Earl Jones. Because when James Earl Jones like turns it on, you like stop and listen. I don't know. Like I don't know if Sam Elliott has that. Carries a lot of weight, James Earl Jones. Yeah, that's yeah. That's not that guy's ninety years old. I don't know if it's a weight issue. Man. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a. You make it to ninety, it doesn't even matter. To be three hundred. I mean, you're not gonna be three hundred pounds for ninety years old, but still. That's true. He's made it. He made yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I think I would go with James O. Jones over Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott okay. Sam not quite there for me. And it's not an insult, you know. That guy can narrate 99% of my shit, just not the God stuff. Okay. Can't be God. James Earl, James Earl Jones more. And James Earl Jones is smooth, but I think he's got, when he turns it up a notch, he's got that, like, booming voice where you're, uh, okay, I'll listen. I'm gonna listen. Whereas you have like, to be a little, you have to be a little terrified of God. God should instill some fear in you. Bingo. Sam Elliott oh. doesn't. Okay, you nailed it. Sam Elliott, you, you're, Sam Elliott, you're sitting down. You're cracking. You, you want a drink, Sam? You get him. Yeah. You're, you're, you're having a drink, and you kind of settle in for whatever kind of stories of the old days or or whatever that he has to tell you. He could be an angel of some sort. But I, he's more of like reading you a bedtime story, whereas James Earl Jones. The wrath of like, you know, hell. You know what I mean? Hellfire and brimstone could be coming at you if James Earl Jones talk. James Earl yeah, Jones would, talk. You don't know. I wouldn't mind hearing James Earl Jones read uh, from the Book of Revelation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, got it. <laughs> I think we. I think we. I think we. Uh, I think we settled that. I think it's we, James Earl Jones. Well, yeah, we made we made some headway. Well, yeah, he is the new voice of God for sure. It's great. <laughs> For now, uh, yeah, ninety years old. You know what else this movie did was uh, it, it really put the spotlight on the Eagles. And I'm great sure. soundtrack, great soundtrack. This movie, it is. Yeah, it is. Start to finish. We mentioned the Bob Dylan song, "The Man and Me." You have uh, the Spanish version of "Hotel California," which is the only version of "Hotel California." Tumbleweeds, which is now like uh, some commercial for something. Oh, yeah, the pits. That's the pits. I'm sorry, hearing these things. That movie, that song has been done a lot. Bing Crosby did that song. Really? Yeah, Clint Eastwood. I was reading Pat Boone, The Supremes. Pat Boone. That song is from like the 30s, the Tumbling Tumbleweed song. That song's been around. uh, Yeah, song's been around forever. Huh. 
uh, find out what my condition my condition is in. What I don't know the actual. Oh, great song! Yeah, of course. Song. A lot of songs that are just we talked about this already. I think, but already that are just associated with this movie. You hear it and it brings you back to Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. Even the Dylan song, and I have no idea how popular that Dylan song was when it came out, or if it was a single. I have no idea. Yeah. But you hear this song. It's it's another that's another one that's used in commercials now. I think mm-hmm. you just uh, it just it just takes you back to the opening scene, Roland and uh, some Miller Genuine drafts. Yeah, the man, the man. I don't know how popular that what that song is with Dylan. It's always strange because he his hits are all like like the folk hits from. From the sixties and seventies, you think of like the hurricane. You think of ah, uh, jeez, oh, man. I've, I, of course, I'm blanking out. On, uh, what Dylan's hits? Yeah, and Dylan's songs and stuff. And it's all you know the uh, Rolling, you know, times Rolling they Stone, are changing. Time. Yeah, exactly. So it's all those kind of things. The Man and Me might have been one that people liked, but never really gave too much attention to. But now you put it in here, and it's like it's another hit for Bob Dylan. You know, thirty years. Oh, ago. some Santa. Did you mention Santana? Uh, Santana's in this? Oil Como Va. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> is that the Santana yeah. version of it? Or is that uh, I thought it was. It might be, yeah. I don't, when they, it's when they're eating the burgers, right? After they see Larry. In and out. I've actually been to an In and Out burger uh, when I was out in, I was somewhere near LA. I don't know. Maybe it was LA. Maybe it wasn't. Um, can't, nothing to really report back. It was just, it was, wasn't bad. Didn't blow me away. That's my. That's. I wish I had something better for people, but it's really it. It is a Santana version. What um? What can you equate it to? What can you? Uh, what kind of East Coast burger can you? Is like Five Guys in the same. I, never, I don't even think I had Five Guys before. Um, I don't even know what else. I don't know what to. I, I really don't even know. It was back in uh, at this point. It was like eight, eight, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what to equate it to. It was just one of those things you're in, L- you're in L.A., so you just get it. Got to have it, yeah. But the fact that it didn't really do anything for me is maybe a, I don't know, maybe a negative. See, it's the hype was too much for you. you the hype was like, too much. You're like, you're like that's it? Yep. It's like an 18-year-old watching Big Lebowski for the first time. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's, it's what happened. Well, I think an 18-year-old could probably stumble upon it still without it being hyped up too much. But, like, if you're 30 – and you've been hearing about it for years. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, you know that's gonna make it. Yeah, I think I think any movies like that it, that's like you haven't that you've put off all these years and just haven't. Not any movie, but the ones that people talk about. Because you miss you, your I, window. You miss your window. Yeah, but I could put on like a Hitchcock movie, like North by Northwest, is old, and I know it's supposed to be great, and I watched it, and I'm like, that was really good, but. I didn't have somebody in my ear tell me you got to watch North by Northwest. You got to watch. You got to watch it. You're missing out. How have you not seen it yet? You got to watch it. You gotta yeah, watch it. those movies are different though. Yeah, this is a movie. It's very unique, Lebowski. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not gonna. You know, it's not in the running for Academy Awards or anything. It's 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 very. Uh, I don't know how to put it. It's just very unique. It's it's unlike. I mean, I shouldn't say it's unlike because it's a cult classic. There's a lot of movies like it. It's just. Like you said, I think you could just miss your window. You know what I mean? If you're if you're in your forties and you're watching it for the first time, and you're like, especially if like, imagine someone who's very like straight laced or straight edge, oh, who's yeah. heard about Lebowski and they go and watch it for the first time. Like it's just not gonna click. 
You know what I mean? It's just one of those movies you got to see when you're a little bit younger and you're just in like kind of like your partying stage or stoner phase or both. And I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's people who have seen it when they were older and they loved it. It's just, I think there's a better chance you kind of discover when you're younger with a bunch of buddies. Right. When you're not, when you don't have a job, when you're kind of being a bum yourself, you kind of, (laughs) yeah, right. You kind of relate to these guys just hanging out, smoking weed and, you know, and drinking white Russians in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's it. You know. What, um, what do you think is the most overused quote in the movie? People, people have beaten it to death. Is it the room is really tied, tied the rug, the room is tied the rug together. The, the rug is tied the room together. Um, God, there's a lot of quotes that are just always blowing around. Just beaten to death, yeah. Um, yeah, it would probably be the rug. Um, shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're out of your element. That's a big one. Oh, you're out of your element. Gets used a lot. Yeah. Um, it's almost. It's almost like one. Of, it's. It's almost a movie that's quoted. Like if you quote it in mixed company, you're kind of throwing a feeler out there to see if the other guy has seen it. It's one, it's one of those movies, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think we're past, at least you and me, I think we're past the point where you can just throw it a, you're out of your element. I think you have to go like for a deeper cut. Uh, to oh, try no, no, out, yeah, I would never, yeah, I would never throw out uh, if you, an if obvious you're, quote. Because if you're in with people you don't really know and you talk whatever, and somebody, if somebody were to throw out like a "shut the fuck up, Donnie," I'd, be, I'd roll my eyes, be like this fucking guy. Like, all right, tough. You're not. You're 40 years old. We gotta, yeah. Depends like if, how they did it. Like if it was you and me, it was people. <laughs> let's say people we knew, right? Yeah, if it was <laughs> Donnie's being an asshole. Um, but if it was like you know you and me and our friends and stuff, like you know, I, I wouldn't obviously quote Lebowski at your convenience, and I, you know, I'm not gonna roll my eyes too much. But if it's like new meeting and you're kind of thrown out to be like, look at me, look how look how much I know my movies. That's uh, you know, that's no good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. Um, I think those are the two ones, the Donnie quotes, because I, I find those always quoted, and then uh, the rug, obviously tied the rug. Shabbos, together. anything about shop, people dropping Shabbos? Mm. No, I don't think that one's quoted that much. I'm the dude, man. Anything with dude, dude, I guess. Yeah. Run into the whole brevity thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People love to use the brevity thing. Yeah. About Denny. Asian American. Oh, yeah. Nomenclature. People love to say nomenclature. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to have to be on high alert now. I think one I probably use the most is uh, like a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. I think I, dro- I, think I dropped that one. <laughs> yeah. Not like I don't overuse it, but I think it's probably the one I use, you know, more often than others. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things where I know I'm sure I quote it here and there, but I can't oh, even think of. You know what's overused a lot? What's that? Over the line. <sighs> over the line. over the line's a pretty good one though. If you, if you could use it in the right setting, it is a pretty good <laughs> one to use. <laughs> I bet that might be one I use a lot. Over the line's a good one. 
It's oh, also it's good where like you're not you're not necessarily if you're like in mixed company and no one's seen the movie, you're also not trying to show off that much because it's one of those very obscure lines that a lot of people aren't going to know what you're talking about. Over the line, you think is obscure? From oh, from people who have never seen the movie, people aren't going to know you're quoting a movie. I'm saying if you drop that, oh, may, yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> I probably, I'd probably say that one. <laughs> it's a good one. Oh, well, we, you know a lot of really shady people. Fool, fool a stranger in the Alps. You dropped that one a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a classic. That's that's how you know the movie's uh, been around. Is when you could quote the you quote the uh, PG versions of it off of Comedy Central. Yeah. Uh, there's so many, man. Like you could just go. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just every scene or something. Yeah. My special lady friend, my fucking lady friend. Like there's just there's so many. Uh... Mr. Treehorn treats objects like women, man. <laughs> yeah, it's another one. Yeah, careful, man. There's a beverage here. Uh, yeah, that's that's been used quite a bit. I use that one with my kids a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but it applies though. If you got to play defense, you know, if yeah. you're trying to trying to drive a point home. Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, this one hardly ever happens because phones don't ring anymore. But phones ringing, dude, that's a good one to drop. The dude is not in. I used to have that as my voicemail, my phone. <laughs> I recorded it off the TV. All right. Well, this could just we could just go on and on. We're just gonna end up being just two guys going. Uh, I like that part when uh, he says, uh, you're being very undued. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like your opinion, man. <laughs> There's the money, Lebowski. <laughs> Cut off his Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's another guy we didn't mention, actually. Flea. Yeah, Flea. random. There. Yep. Yeah. That's, Flea uh, yeah. Out of nowhere. Has Flea been in anything else? Anthony Kiedis was in Point Break. Chili pepper, chili peppers. pepper acting chops. Chili, chili peppers are uh, well represented in the movies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think Flea's been in a few things. Probably, yeah. Oh yeah, he was in Fear and Loathing too. How come I don't? Oh yeah, was in Fear. How come I don't remember what he was in Fear and Loathing? Fear and Loathing. Oh, that's he, a good, yeah. obviously Vegas movie. It's in the title, but that shows you like the toilet of Vegas. Yes, that is the absolute. That is the idea. To, that's the toilet of America, really. That's that's the whole idea. Shows you the bright lights, and then it shows you what Vegas can really be. The underbelly, what really is. Yeah, yep. that's what yeah. I like in my movie. I want to see the underbelly of the city. I don't want it to just be all sunshine and fucking rainbows. Well, there you go. That's the movie you got that you need to write after you do the Santa Con. You have to do uh, and like the Lifetime movie that you want to write. You have to write yeah. the underbelly of New Haven. That could get deep. Nice. We're, we're going to infiltrate the skulls, skull and bones. No, I don't want to deal with those fucking nerds. They, we'd get whacked, dude. If, it, if, the, if you're going to go Yale fraternity in it, it's got to be like a brush up. I don't want to – in the movie, I don't want to have like uh, – 
you know, I don't need to see the ritual, like the initiation rituals and shit like that. It's got to be kind of, they're there, they're dark, they're in the shadows, they rub elbows, but they're not like, it's not a big part of the movie. You know, you know, you ever see uh, Bohemian Grove? No, no. And out in San Francisco or whatever, Alex Jones infiltrated them. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's where like politicians go. They wear masks and fuck each I don't know what they do. He brought a camera in there, man. It's on YouTube. Eight-year-olds, dude. Who the hell knows, man? Wait, Who the so, hell knows? Wait a second. So Bohemian Grove is a thing out west and Alex Jones. Thing out west. I don't know if it's San Francisco, but it's, yeah, he snuck in there with a camera. I mean, you got to take everything Alex Jones does with a grain of salt, but I'm pretty sure it was real. It was some weird-ass ritual he stumbled upon, man. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Something to look into. You know, right now, it's not time for a deep dive, but you're bored tomorrow at work. Um, I, just, I, just, I just pulled this up mm-hmm. on Wikipedia, and uh, Richard Nixon, from a May 13th, 1971 recording, said mm-hmm. that the Bohemian Grove, which I attend from time to time, is the most faggy goddamn thing you could ever imagine. <laughs> what the hell is this? All right. Well, I'd look into this. We'll we'll do a yeah. It could just be some corny ass shit. It says uh, Bohemian Grove, an elite invitation only social club founded in San Francisco in 1872 by a group of male artists, writers, actors, lawyers, and journalists. It's like what you would think the Illuminati would be, but it's probably just like very corny shit. Good. But could be something deeper. Who knows? It could be some uh, uh, True Detective season two shit. That yeah, that's what it like seems like by the video. But I'm sure it's somewhere. I'm sure it's somewhere in between. <laughs> um. So what's the underbelly of New Haven that you're getting into? So you mentioned the skull and the bones. So you gotta have a, you gotta have an incident with the skull and the bones. I don't know. What I, I mean. I mean, there's some real shady shit in New Haven that I don't, I really don't want anything to do with. We talk, you know, I'm saying, I'm not saying we have to go there. I'm saying to write a movie about it. And oh, okay. And I thought you wanted to do like undercover work. No, jeez, no, it's, no. <laughs> um, you you got to deal with the zombies on the green. It's all right at some point. Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah, I mean, I'm well versed in that, so that'd be something you could write about. I could definitely write about that. I feel like that's been, I mean, the wire was kind of, yeah, kind of touched on what you see on the New Haven Green. Right, right, right. All right. Well, we, all right. Well, the, all right, this is based, if we're doing it based on something like Lebowski, you're not saying Lebowski, but like something like Lebowski, where it's like character driven, very loose yeah. story where you can kind of bang around. We got to have six, seven, eight stops um, along the way. To kind of give you the uh, the full New Haven underbelly experience. You got to touch on the pizza, or is that too mainstream? Um, it's got to be in there somehow. I don't know if you're sitting down in Peppy's and having a slice. Not yeah, not a pie. main element. Yeah, maybe stumbling past it. You got a bum stumbling past it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's there, but it's not right we gotta figure out stumbling past the line of people but yeah we don't want to get oh the line yeah the line of people makes sense yeah deal with the line Mm -hmm. okay put it in there as like a little easter egg yep yeah yep 
Um, hmm. All right. In Sports Haven, you got to touch it. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, Sports Haven. <laughs> the whole, the whole air, Sports Haven and Cody's, like that, that one little strip there. The Cody's. Oh, Cody's, yeah. Yeah, you could definitely hit on Cody's. I mean, you could like something with the owl shop. Uh, you could make something, sure. make something up about the owl shop, you know, being a little dirtier and scuzzier than it is. Yeah, not make it like the hipster hangout that it's kind of kind yeah. is. Um, like the owl shop would be cooler if it was people from 60 years ago. Yes, yeah. If we walked in there with the youngest people there, it'd be a lot cooler. Yes, agreed. And there wasn't like hipsters and skinny jeans smoking cigarettes at the bar. Yeah, that's not cool. That's not cool. That's a pet peeve of mine. People smoke cigarettes at the owl shop. It's a cigar bar. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I hate uh, that shit. I, I kind of get where they're coming from, man. There's, you can't smoke at a bar anywhere. So if that's the one place that you can kind of relive that gl- the glory days of the past, I got to get that. I don't know. Uh, I, I understand. Look, man, there's your options. Your options are far and few between. Days are over. It's a cigar bar. All right. You heard it here. I mean, I'm not going to No, no. Um, so, what, so, like, you know how the dude goes to Santa Monica? Mm-hmm. Where else? Would, 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 would East Haven be a stop? East Haven, yeah, you have to be East Haven Bowling Alley, right? Certain there you go. Lanes. All right, there you go. East Haven Bowling Alley. What others? Any other neighboring towns that you're, you're making a venture to? Neighboring towns. I mean, you can go, you can go West Haven. What's the West the, Haven? Like the, the, the Campbell Avenue. Hit the bars over there. Okay, it's like a little strip, right? That's what. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a strip of dive bars. That, that would actually be perfect for a movie. Like that little strip. There's a Burger King across from the main bar. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's basically, I don't even know what it is. Maybe a half mile of dive bars. Nice. And like random. You know, random little stores or shit, whatever. Okay. All right. Um, and you need like a little classier element in there at some point. You know how the dude is dealing with Maud. <laughs> something a little classier in there. Mm. What's a classy element around here? Yeah, like, like a mix in like a brewery, maybe? Show like that a little element around Oh, uh, the breweries are breweries are big, so that's you know, that's a possibility. Yep. It's because breweries are kind of big right now. That would make sense to have a brewery in there. I would, yeah, I would do the brewery down the street from me, Stony Creek, right in the water. You'd have that. I would have to make an appearance. All right. So we got some. We got a New Haven native, right? Grew up. It's got to be Italian American because that just makes sense. We're writing it, so it's got to be an Italian American. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. I mean, it's too. We're too far in the two thousands now to do like a mob thing. Right? No, no, no. Yeah, Mob doesn't really. Soprano, I mean, not Sopranos is great, but Sopranos just killed it for. It's just, it's over. Well, the Mob also. They, they have the throne. The Mob also killed it. Right, but Sopra- Sopranos just took the title. It's it's over. It's over. It's done with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So there's got to be. Okay. So what's like the what's like the hook here? What's going on? Like, what's our main character doing? What's he mixed up in? Yeah, what's he mixed up in? Is it uh, drugs? You know, drugs is always an easy thing to fall back on. There will be drugs involved. There will be booze involved. Not denying that. Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like, what's like, 
Hmm. It's something, what's like something unique to New Haven that's not cliche. So it can't be like the pizza thing. Right. No, it can't be the pizza thing. I don't know. Something on a bus, public transit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going with that. Don't stop there. Public transit. What happened on the bus? Oh, all right. Something happened on a bus. Can't go above 50 miles an hour. Or else. <laughs> 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 I mean, it really could, it could, it could just be, I mean, you know, the guy lost his wallet. It really could just be that. And you kind of go with that. But it seems like a little bit too simple. Is he a bum or no? Um, no, I think we're dealing with, I think we're dealing with somebody who's a professional, but, uh, like a fringe professional, you know? Yeah. Okay. He's, he, he's there, but he kind of marches to his own drum anyway. He's got a few demons in there. Right. Doesn't have it all figured out. He punches the clock, but, uh, yeah. Kind of going to follow him and you're going to follow him around the town. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It's like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, but in New Haven and uh, the, the, the dark underbelly somehow has to, has to show itself. Okay. All right, we it's just got, need... It's got a little comedic element like Lebowski? Yeah, I think it could be a little funny, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. If we're doing this like inspired by Lebowski, yeah, it got to be a little funny. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Twist them up and uh, yeah. All right. So we got something. We got a framework. We don't really have a plot. We don't. Have a, we don't have. A, we don't have a uh, inciting action or anything like that. We have a setting. That's about it. We have a setting. Yeah. And I in places to go. We need. We need inciting action though. What happens to our guy, and when does it happen to him? It's yeah. Gotta, it's got to happen to him like right after work on like a Tuesday and then it goes all night to where he's got to go to work the next day. Uh, that's like, that's the plot of after hours. That's Scorsese movie. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's, that's basically the plot. Yeah. And this it takes place in the city and it's actually, it, it's, it's to show you the underbelly of New York city. We just ripped off Scorsese's flick. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. It just has to be an all night thing. Okay. So the first, the first thing that happens We'll be like right after work, but the whole movie isn't the isn't the one night though. It could be over okay. days, but the the first night. Is I don't hate thing. that idea. I don't hate it, but the first night is a thing. But then he goes. He has, he has to go to work the next day. Um, in the same. Oh, day. I would say he has to make an appearance at one of the strip clubs down in New Haven. <sighs> that has to be. Okay. That has to be in there. Okay. Maybe that may be where our our main plot point takes place. I like it. Yeah. What if there's a, uh, there's a biker bar next to one of those? Something happens. Bikers, strippers. Sometimes in the parking lot. I don't know. The hole in the wall gangs involved somehow. Could be. Okay. Oh yeah, a lot of bikers. Yeah, it's a good point. A lot of biker uh, clubs. Yeah. We could have we got we got them get uh, mixed up with some bikers, mixed up with the wrong crowd. Bikers, strippers, pimps. Yes, drugs. I like it. This is going someplace good. We got it. We got something going here. Mm-hmm. Something, something happens with a stripper. Uh, misunderstanding. And uh, 
abandoned lumber yard or something. I don't know. He he he, he rents a car. He goes to test drive a car. Uh, he test drive a car, but uh, by the way, that guy. <laughs> this is late in the show to talk about um, talk about local news, but that guy has an like, international warrant out for his arrest now. <laughs> He's. I mean, who the hell knows, man? He could have he could be have bleach blonde hair by now. Could have a shaved head. Yeah. I mean, he could be he could be in one of those boy bands now. You see those Asian boy bands? He could be in one of those. <laughs> He's a performing at the Grammys or something. <laughs> He's a I don't know. Yeah, he's gone. I mean, this is this. You know who we need? We need what's his face? They used to be on America's Most Wanted. Coach John. Oh, okay, not Coach John. John. No way. His name was John Williams. That's the guy who used to do the the scores for like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. America's Most Wanted. What was the guy's name? I don't remember. Uh, man, it's going to kill me. Uh, America's Most Wanted. We need those shows, though. There's, there's, there are still idiots who are watching, like, The Masked Singer, American Idol, like, dumb shows like that who just – I'm a cable guy. You know I love cable. I'll always have those. I'll yes. always have the remote in my hand. Yep. We need those shows on for those people. Yes. No, the John best Walsh. Part, John Walsh. John Walsh. The best part of those Unsolved Mysteries episodes is when they have an update. Oh, yeah. Someone called go, in. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Those, that, those are the best. I always root for an update. Always. American Heroes. Yep. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> Hell, yeah. That's what we need. We got to bring yeah. those shows back. Yeah. No Why not, man? Nice I mean, the inter- of course, we have the internet. We have social media. We have a, a, a number of different ways to, you know, catch people get information yeah. on people can't hurt to put a little to public nine service. o'clock action there Sunday night. Yeah. Do it. I'm all <laughs> for it. Let's catch some bad guys. Absolutely, man. Can't hurt. I'd watch. Yeah, you're in as long as it's not during football. Well, <laughs> bring, bring back America's Money song videos too while you're at it. That's on. I, that's on. It, yeah. I'm yeah. just going to say it's probably still on. Carl, well, Carl, they, bring back Daisy Fuentes then. Well, yeah, please. We're all for it. Yeah, we'd all we'd all appreciate okay. that. Yeah. No, Carl, Carlton Banks does it. Oh, does he? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense that he hosts yeah. that. Daisy Fuentes, nice. 54. Good for her. She's married to Richard Marks. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Richard Marks. That's a name, man. Not as amazing. Good for him. I mean, that's he's got to be a little bit older than her too. He's got to not be. much. Fifty-seven. She's fifty-four. But really? still, that's still that's. I don't care if you're Richard Marks. That's still out of your league. I would th- I would have guessed that Richard Marks peaked in like nineteen eighty-eight, and Daisy Fuentes was hot and like like was at her peak in like nineteen ninety-six. Like popular. yeah, ninety-five. Yeah, like MTV. So and I would I would assume that Richard Marks was older than I thought he was in nineteen eighty-eight. So well, good for him. Yeah, I would I would I would have said Richard Marks was like almost seventy. He's fifty-seven. Not as embarrassing as uh, we probably had to let, let you to be. He's not too bad, Richard Marks. He's okay. Right, but not someone you'd link to Daisy Fuentes. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we got our show in it. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think we made it. We filled. A, we filled a uh, an hour. 
and change. Yeah, hour and a half. Hour and change. Yeah, hour and a half, <laughs> I think. Uh, all right. Well, good stuff, man. Thanks uh, to everybody for listening. As always, this is the Big Lebowski brought to you by Sunday Poor. And is about to make his uh, fourth or fifth uh, <laughs> nightcap. Uh, we'll see you guys. We'll talk to you guys. We'll not see you. We'll, see, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Um, we'll have something ready to rock for you there. Hopefully, the Yanks are in the middle of a winning streak. We can talk about that. Um, until then, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you then. Peace. Yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. I mean, what are the chances that Acuna goes, uh, he leads off of the homer tomorrow? Is he playing? He's hurt. Acuna's hurt? How bad? Yeah. <laughs> Last night, man, he uh, something may have tore something like in his abs or something. Oh no! It could be a DL stint. It says he, it says he's avoiding the injury list, but uh, the mild abdominal strain. I mean, if he plays, he's going to. But I'm just hoping he doesn't. Yeah, he's oh yeah, he definitely. Uh, yeah, man. Which is like I'm, I'm glad we had Lebowski to talk about because I really didn't want to spend ten minutes on the Cashman thing. But uh, why the fuck is he calling a press conference? Uh, I don't. I have no idea what that's about. Like, does is, is he feel the heat from the fans? Like, does he feel like he needs to say something? He's only going to make things worse. Like, does he think he's going to make things better? That was like the like, vote. No, no Yankee fan. No Yankee fan is like, oh. No Yankee fan is like breathing easy after Brian Cashman speaks. Yeah, it's like you I mean, put together this mess, yeah. fucking jerk off. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously nobody's happy. I mean, thanks for telling me that you're not happy with going five and fifteen. Like, we appreciate that. Yes, <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of assumed you weren't happy with it, but thanks for making it official, Brian. But uh, yeah, I don't. I guess, was it to? Re, I guess it was for the team, right? To reinforce that they believe in the guys and that kind of thing. And what? But it wasn't like. It was a pat in the back for being terrible. That's what it was. I don't know. I don't yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. You, it's just. It's nothing. It's hot air. Is Aaron Hicks gonna be like? Is he gonna come out and be like, "Oh, thank God, my general manager believes in me." I mean, no, how do how, they not believe in you, Aaron? You've been batting third all fucking year, and you get like two hits. Seriously. So, Fucking, when it comes to job security in America, nobody's got it better than Aaron Hicks. Uh, I mean, Aaron Hicks will swing at any first pitch just to assure that the other team gets out of an inning. Gets out of yeah. God forbid we have a rally where Aaron Hicks doesn't try and get him out on a first, on a first pitch swing. Oh, the guy <laughs> jumps out of his fucking shoes in the middle of a rally to fucking end it on a first pitch. God, he fucking infuriates me. I mean... Uh, I'm trying to look for the silver lining. So here, here's one. The American League isn't very good. I'm going to keep saying that until someone runs away with the East. Look, the, the season is not – I mean, it's not over. It's just really bad. It's a really bad start. And they, there's a lot, of, a lot of teams have started bad and gone on to successful runs. So I'm not too concerned. Long run, it's just all, my, all our fears are there, plain as day. Right, 15 games in. And my, you know, I was thinking about it. My concern 
is that this is that we're the Cubs that just and we never won a World Series with this team. Like the Cubs had a had a solid core, right? Brian and yeah. Rizzo and they have Baez and they got a solid core of guys, and they won once and then they disappointed the whole the whole everything surrounding those that World Series is disappointment. Right. They never. Yeah, the Cubs just never. Uh, we ex- you expected so much more out of the Cubs, and they just could never get back. It just per- never clicked. For you expect them. them to be perennial, you know, maybe four or five years, six years, you know, NLCS appearances, another World Series. Yeah, I mean, they, and they made a few. I mean, they had a better run than the Yankees have had. They had a couple. They had, they had the one against the Mets in 2015 where they lost, where Murphy yep. went nuts. Yep. And I'm pretty sure they made it in 2017 too. So they were in three straight NLCSs. They just never. I don't know. They just weren't exactly, I mean, they, and the and the bar was set kind of high for them. Yeah, they had such a great young core. And, yep. But no, they never really quite reached the heights that you expected them to. But, and that's, that's and the Yankees are even worse than that. Yeah, right great great young core added an MVP to the lineup, and uh, have never they've never they they peaked. I mean, I, I guess it was. I still think it was the Girardi the year. Girardi was there. I think that was their peak. I mean, I was the, the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, I was just, to me that was a team that had the best shot because they were just rolling. Well, yeah, I mean, they got hot at the right time. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, you just got to keep playing, man. You got to figure it out. It doesn't look like they're going to right now, but yeah, it's just a long a, season. It's gonna t- it's gonna take a couple of days of bad pitching performances by another team. To kind of get, <laughs> to get them going, wake the bats up, and then you'll you'll start feeling better. If Judge has a couple of dingers and a win, believe you know that'd be nice. Stan, would be nice. Yeah, Stan gets a couple of hits, and I mean, if Torres shows any kind of power, that'd be nice. But he looks like a punch and Judy hitter right now. Yeah, great. I would take a few Judys to right field. He's fucking. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I mean, what are you gonna do? It's just yeah. and and the the one reassuring thing is when you're look in baseball more than any other sport. When you look bad, it looks like you're never gonna win yeah. another game. It's absolutely the one sport, man. When and it, you're just lifeless, and it's it's not like football where you can run through a brick wall. And I know, like the believe me, the body language. I'm not. I don't love the body language. Okay, because Boone, it just feels like they have a substitute teacher in there someone they don't really respect, someone who's going to kind of like coddle them and, you know, tell them everything's okay when it's not. Um, but when you're, when you're losing in baseball, you always look lifeless. You always look like you don't care because you can't, it's not like, it's not like the other sports. Um, so I will say this, that when they get, hopefully they get going sooner than later. Um, but when you're, when you're losing, it's just, it feels it's, it's impossible. Yeah, it feels hopeless. You just you just feel lost. Like there's no solution. Yeah, and it, and look, I'm not trying to be on the player side here, but it's even worse when you're a player because, I mean, you when you slump in baseball, it feels like you're never gonna be able to hit a baseball again. Like your swing yeah. feels like a like a broken lawn chair, all disoriented. You don't know what you're gonna do to ever get out of the slump. And then one day you swing, it goes off the end of the bat, it dunks in the right field. And all of a sudden, you're three for five with a, with a single and a two-run homer. And uh, you feel, all of a sudden, you feel good again because of that one thinker that got through. I, I did read something on Twitter. I don't know how much truth there is to this, but uh, that the Yankees right now, they see the fewest amount of fastballs 
than anybody else in baseball. Like the book is out on them. Just don't give them fastballs. Yeah, well, I mean, and I, and I have to so say, like, if that's all, it, if that's all it takes <laughs> to get a team like flustered and not winning games, then they should blow it up. <laughs> that's all. It t- if that's all it takes, and that's a little ridiculous. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. Like the whole reason you get to the major leagues is because you can hit a curveball. Or you can hit an off-speed pitch. Mm-hmm. You can't just be John Carlos Stanton, just a guess hitter looking for a fastball. Like, yeah. You know. Anyways, yeah, it doesn't look good now, but gotta keep playing. Gotta keep playing. Yeah, there's there there's definitely a real possibility at some point in the season that we're talking about how great this fucking team is. After we no, I, yeah, I'm gonna try not to do that because. Remember these days, yeah. Right, exactly. Just remember that this team against good pitching and against good teams just doesn't seem to bring it. But, no, I mean, baseball – I mean, look at, look at the way Houston started. They were 6-1, and one and I was like, look at this team. Like, unbelievable. And then they lost six in a row. Mm-hmm. Oakland, exact opposite. They were like 1-6, and six and they ran off six in a row. Like, mm-hmm. it's like an NBA game, man. Baseball is a, is a season of runs. and You just got to – the Braves too. Braves like one four, lost four, one four. Like they, they're up and down, up and down. Just, That's how it is, man. Yeah. You just gotta keep playing. Just put your head down and win. And yeah, uh, yeah. you've been playing the Braves this week, and it doesn't look good, but you just gotta keep going. Talon and uh, Kluber, just figure it out. You gotta figure it out. Yeah, man. These, guys, these guys, these guys, you know, they, these guys are getting a little bit of a leash. Right? They're not. They're gonna be out there. So. Just be better than the last time out every time. Just be better than the last time. Yeah. These are the guys. These are the guys you're going to battle with. Yeah. Like it or not. Yeah. We'll talk off-season changes come November. But for now, we could, we could dream of a resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> we might be talking off-season changes uh, in early May. <laughs> Depending on the rest yeah. of this month goes. All right. Fucking, right I'll get this out. The whole reason I'm getting vaccinated is to go see this team play. I'm not even <laughs> – yeah, I know. By the time I'm vaccinated, we're going to be like fucking 12 games out of first. Hey, the tickets will be cheap. Oh, that's there you go. Spin zone. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk more Yankee baseball after we sweep the Braves on Thursday. And uh, two games here, short two game series. And then uh, hopefully we're back in our track. All right. I will uh, I'll get this out at, and I will talk to you later on. All right. Peace. Peace.